afternoon, especially Adam. So we're moving a piano after church. The Lord answers prayers. <laughs> Adam has been a part of almost all of our moves. He missed the first one when we moved into the first building, but after that he got to experience what I claim to be blood, sweat, and tears moving into the second building as me and Adam and Justin uh, hires. Uh, we moved everything in and ripped out uh, um, what was hard there, which is where the blood came in, and the tears a little bit too. So um, anyways, uh, we're in 1 Samuel 24. 1 Samuel 24. Good times for sure. Uh, we're looking at David and Saul and their um, run-in in the cave. Well-known story here. And I just want to look at some thoughts here in regards to the situation that took place. Uh, starting in verse number 1, you remember in chapter 23, uh, Saul was chasing David and then the messenger came and said that the Philistines were invading and so Saul had to leave. Uh, so verse 24 we pick up here and it says, And it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheep coats uh, by the way where, uh, where was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet, and David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. So we see a couple things here in this story. We see where um, after Saul had left to go fight, um, he got done with that, and he immediately returned back to David. Um, he had his sights set on David. And we're going to see by the end of the chapter a little bit of change, at the very least momentarily, for Saul. And, uh, but we see that he was, he was set in stone that he wanted to kill David. And you remember Jonathan asked him, you know, uh, or said something to the degree of, David's done nothing wrong. Uh, we've seen others who have said, you know, wait, I'm, we're not going to hurt David. David hasn't done anything. David loves you. David's your son-in-law. You know, all these kinds of things. Yet Saul was dead set on killing David. And so we see him immediately coming back to David. And we see here in verse 3 now where Saul comes into this cave to sleep. And, uh, and David and his men, it says, are in the sides of the cave. So they're hiding in the same cave that Saul is in. Now, how big was this cave? I have no idea. Um, I would assume it was rather large. Um, but nonetheless, they're hiding in here. Saul um, is, is just coming in to get um, a place to rest, a place to cover his feet. And, uh, and so in verse number 4, David is given a choice. It says, And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. So the, the men of David said, hey, the time is here. The time that God has promised you. He's delivered your enemy into your hands. Now you can do whatever you want to him. And David walks out and he cuts off part of Saul's robe. And, uh, and it says in verse number 5, It came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. Um, I find it interesting here. We see that David makes the right decision by not killing Saul. Um, we know that. We know that's true, and, and, and he explains that here in just a moment. 
Um, but David here begins to have remorse that he went and he cut off the skirt of Saul. Now, we talked about this with David last week, even somewhere. He's a very compassionate person. He has compassion on people, um, and he has a very good heart. And so David here comes, and he, he cuts the skirt off of the robe of Saul, and now he, he begins to regret it. Not that he didn't kill Saul, but that he did what he did to Saul. And you think about the grand scheme of things, that was very little. A lot of times when I've heard this story told, there was a lot of sarcasm and a lot of kind of um, almost prankster kind of feel to the story where David went in and ah, he cut off, you know, and, ah, and Saul was walking around without a skirt on his robe and didn't even know it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but David's heart was not in a prankster mode. David's heart was not in a um, look what I did mode. He'll explain what he did and why he did it um, here in a minute. But, but his heart uh, begins to hurt. His heart smote him. He was feeling guilty that he had done this. And he says to his guys in verse number six, he says, and he said unto his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So obviously he's saying that we're not going to kill him. But I believe even so, just the act of what he did by cutting off part of Saul's robe is, is understanding to David, this was wrong. I should not have done this. And I look at David and I see again, we see this in his prayer of forgiveness after Bathsheba, but you see his heart just immediately convict him of what he had done and him understanding this was wrong. I shouldn't have even done what I did. I'm not supposed to touch Saul. You're not supposed to touch Saul. He's God's anointed and when God doesn't want him around anymore, God will take him off the earth. But until then, we are to respect him. We are supposed to be kind to him um, as well. And, uh, and so he's, we do not stretch our hands forth. And he instructs that not just of himself, but of the people that are following him as well. So then David's reaction to Saul comes in. Uh, look in verse number 7. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. And David shows some respect for Saul in verse number 8. David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. Now listen, this is interesting. This is important because we have people in authority whom we do not have a lot of, um, uh, of sincere respect for. Uh, there are times where you have a boss, you have a political leader, where you say, I don't follow that person, I don't like that person, didn't vote for that person, whatever it may be. Saul here had been trying to kill David, and David's response was, my lord the king, and he stooped his face to the earth and bowed himself down. He showed respect for who Saul was, the position that Saul had. In spite of who Saul was, in spite of Saul's flaws, and that's hard to say, um, in spite of... Uh, of, of the fact that Saul was trying to kill him, David still stooped himself down to the earth. He said, my lord, the king. He, re he responded to Saul, called out to Saul in a respectful manner. And again, where you've, you've, you've heard this story before, if, you're, if you've been in any church like I've been in, where you've heard this, it's a very um, flaunting of David. A lot of times is the way they tell the story. Look what I did. Look what I could have done. I don't get that here from David. David understood Yes, he could have killed Saul, 
And he wanted Saul to understand, I could have hurt you. But it's not, he's not doing this in a flaunting, prideful way. Look in verse number 9. As a matter of fact, we see great wisdom from David. David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt. Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how the Lord had delivered thee today into mine hand in the cave. And some bade me to kill thee, but mine eyes spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth mine hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, uh, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know thou and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in my hand, and I have not sinned against thee, yet thou huntest my soul to take it. We see this response here of David is, is right off the bat. He's saying, I, I've got nothing against you. I've not tried to hurt you, even though people have said that I have. Um, I could have hurt you, and I did not, even though I was encouraged to hurt you. I still did not. And he gave the reason for that. First of all, he says, for uh, you are my Lord. He says, I will not put my, forth mine hand against my Lord, my authority. And he says as well, for he is, you, Saul, is the Lord's anointed. So he had twofold purpose for not killing Saul. One was Saul's position. His, his earthly position as king. His father-in-law, David's father-in-law, his king... His authority, I'm not going to put my hand on you because of your position and also because the Lord has you in this position. And I think we have to understand David is such a great example for how we handle those that we differ with politically. Um, there, is, there is a time to stand and to fight and to speak out and all of those sorts of things. I'm not saying there's not. But there is also a respect that has to be given to the person whom the Lord has in the position of authority. And Saul is different than our president in many ways, um, but the Lord says, all that are in authority, I've placed there. And so we have to understand and comprehend the situation and understand that even though we are against some things, and we rightfully should be, there is still a respect that should be shown to the position in which our authorities are in. Uh, but here he says, I did not kill you. I will not put forth my hand against my Lord and against the one whom the Lord has anointed. But he tells him again, I, I could have killed you. I did not kill you. I have nothing against you. I have not done anything against you. I have not sinned against you. And then he says here in verses 12 through 15, he, he basically, I will read it, but he says, let the Lord be the judge. Stop trying to kill me because you think I've done something wrong. Let God be the judge. He says in verse 12, The Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, Wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? The Lord before therefore be judge, and judge between me and thee, and see, and plead my cause, and deliver me out of thine hand. He's, I believe, saying, God, God's got me. And you and I need to let God judge our situation versus you trying to judge me and me trying to judge you. God will deliver me out of your hand. There's a confidence in David as there is, there was with Goliath. I believe there was here with Saul as well. I'll be delivered. 
So the question is, are you going to keep chasing or are you going to let God be the judge of the situation? Sometimes we do that with people who we um, become bitter against. And, and we just need to say, you know what, if I'm right, if I'm doing what is right, if I've gone to God and asked forgiveness and I've done what I'm supposed to do, and I'm living in obedience with God, well, then God will take care of me. Okay, well, what about the other person? Well, it's on them. David says, God's going to deliver me out of your hand. All right, so now either you can keep chasing or you can realize you're wasting your time, you're wasting your energy, you're wasting the, the days that you have left to live, you're wasting um, chasing me because you're not going to catch uh, what God does not want you to catch. Saul has an amazing reaction, verse number 16. It came to pass when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? Which is all, again, and there's a few interesting times in Scripture where they're asking a question that you're like, they know the answer to because it says earlier um, they turned around and saw him. But, anyways, um, he goes on and he says, uh, And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. And thou hast showed this day how thou, uh, that thou hast dwelt well with me, for as much as when the Lord had delivered me into thine hand, thou killest me not. Look in verse 19. For if a man find his enemy, will he let him go well away? Wherefore the Lord reward thee good for that thou hast done unto me this day. He admits he's wrong. He admits David is right. He admits that David is a better person than he is. And he says and uses a great illustration, if a man finds his enemy, will he let him go? He's saying, I'm not your enemy. In David's eyes, Saul was not his enemy. He was his Lord and the Lord's anointed. And Saul says, had you viewed me as an enemy, you would have killed me. But you didn't view me as an enemy, so you did not kill me. Um, and he says, the Lord reward thee good because you've been good to me. Saul is coming around to the idea he doesn't like it, and we'll still see situations with Saul, but Saul is coming around to the idea that there's a reason why David is God's anointed. Um, Saul sees, and he has seen it for a while, but he's starting to come to the, the, the realization in his own heart that David truly is good. That David is good. He's, he's a warrior, yes. Um, he is a, a hero in the nation, but he's truly good, and he begins to see that it makes sense that God has chosen David. Um, now look in verse 20. Saul has a request, um, and, and we see this, uh, to me, uh, again, a moment of clarity for Saul. It says, And now, behold, I know well that thou shalt surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thine hand. Swear now therefore unto me by the Lord that thou wilt not cut off my seed after me and that thou wilt not destroy my name out of my father's house. And David swore unto Saul and Saul went home, but David and his men get them up unto the hold. So he asked, he asked David, he says, I know that you're going to be king. He says, will you make me a promise that you will not kill my family? Because naturally, um, if you think through kingdoms, if someone that's not in the king's family takes the throne, well, who's the biggest threat to the throne? The family of the previous king. And so uh, in the world's eyes, you would want to kill off that family so there is no rightful heir to the throne. 
Um, and so he just asked David, Would you not, will you not uh, kill my family? And we're going to see David hold up to this, this covenant that he made um, and this promise that he made with Saul as well. But again, you see Saul's clarity in this situation. I feel like there are moments in Saul's life where you see him just kind of sit down, um, I imagine next to a fire, but it may not have been. Uh, but you see Saul sit down and start to think and ponder and realize, man, I'm really just not being smart here. I just, again, first of all, and I know back in this day, marriage wasn't quite the same. I mean, once you're married, it was the same. But the, the, the thought of marriage and the ownership of, of a wife and things like that were a little different. But Saul's daughter is married to David, <laughs> and Saul is trying to kill David. For what? Because, well, there's no reason, <laughs> right? There's no reason. Saul does not have a good reason, at the very least, to try to kill David. Saul, David has never done anything to Saul. Um, the people loved David. The people chanted David more than they chanted Saul, and, and there was this covetousness and this pride and these other things, jealousy that comes into play. But David never did anything to Saul, and Saul yet hated him. And there are just moments in Saul's life where you see him sit down and realize, my goodness, <laughs> David's a better guy than I am. I believe Saul thought David's going to be a better king than me. He says here in verse uh, 20, he says that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thine hand, um, secured, and, and, and I think he understood there's going to be blessing with David as king. And so knowing that David eventually was going to take the throne and, and saying, just please don't, don't chop my family off. <laughs> don't end their lives. Um, and again, we'll see David hold true to this um, in a few chapters. Um, but we see that this, this moment, this chapter shows us a time where David did right and wise, acted wisely again. And Saul had these moments of clarity, um, moments of, of realization that, um, the future is set. <laughs> David's going to be king. And, and I wonder too, and this is, again, this is not Bible. This is me just wondering. But I wonder too if Jonathan's remarks to Saul um, earlier played a role in Saul's realization. Jonathan's fine with David being king. You know, if, if Jonathan was, Dad, I want the throne, Dad, I want the throne, then I'm not sure that Saul comes to this conclusion. But Jonathan's saying, I'll serve David when he's king. Um, I, think, I think helps in some way. I think when a Christian person has the right attitude about things, it helps other people in um, coming to a right conclusion. And, uh, and again, this is just, I'm just throwing this in there. This doesn't say this in Scripture. But we do see Jonathan tell Saul, you know, I'm with David. We see Jonathan tell David, I'm with you. And, um, and I think there, that plays a role in this. And again, it's just my opinion, so take it or leave it, throw it out, whatever you want to do. That part's free today. Um, well, we'll get into next week. Samuel's, Samuel dies in chapter 25. Um, we've got um, Abigail coming into the picture. There's a lot of different things that happen. Um, I'm not sure how much of that we're going to cover, um, but uh, nonetheless, we've got plenty still to talk about um, when it comes to David and Saul before Saul passes away. So we'll get, we'll get to that as well. But I thought there's just a lot, of, there's a lot of wisdom in chapter 24. We know the story. We were told it as kids about David could have killed him and he cuts off the skirt and whatever. But there's a lot of wisdom in chapter 24 for how a Christian should respond to those who are not necessarily good 
or people who are not responding well to them, um, how, how to respond to it. So um, let's take it and apply it to our lives as well. Lord, thank you for your word. Um, help us to understand, um, help us to apply your word to our life, that we live the life that you desire for us to live and be the people you desire for us to be. Um, help us to keep our eyes focused on you this week, provide for our needs, um, and Lord, protect us and bring us back together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.